The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. In this episode, Pastor Giglio has invited Brian Hayes to speak. So let me give you a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Brian Hayes, and uh, my wife Sandy and I, we've been married 20 years. We were in Ventura for 20 years. We have four kids, three of which are rambunctious and probably misbehaving right now. So if you get bored during my sermon, you can pray for my wife, Sandy. Um, she's been without me since, she hasn't been without me. She's been without help from me uh, since Tuesday night, and I don't go back till Wednesday. So um, I'm, I'm sure she's tempted to um, look into some of that weed that's legal now in Colorado uh, by this point. Um, but I pastor a church in Boulder, uh, Colorado, uh, called Rock Creek Church. They're praying for you right now. They, they know that I'm here. Uh, they know about you. Um, all my friends, uh, all of our elders, all of our leaders uh, know about this church body and know my love uh, for this place and, and my deep, deep love and affection and, and belief in uh, Jesse and Amy and the leadership team that's uh, creating this faith community. And uh, they're praying for you. Uh, we are praying for you on a regular, regular basis. We consider it, uh, you guys, kind of a, a sister church uh, with, our, with our church. We're not much bigger than you, uh, so we've got about 130 adults uh, on a Sunday, and uh, we're just one big rambunctious family, which is why our boys fit in so well. And so when I hear the kids playing and, and, and talking and stuff, I, I just want to let you parents know it usually bugs you 10 times more then it might bug me, and it's not ever going to bug me today, so just rest at ease. Um, this is more symbolic of the kingdom of God uh, that, that we experience with kind of chaos than the organized, perfect uh, church community that a lot of us are kind of used to. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're annoyed, um, maybe that's your issue. <laughs> uh, so sorry, I don't know even if Jesse wants me to say something like that. Um, <laughs> Like, screw this church. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, and, and I want to talk uh, this afternoon, you know, up at the men's retreat, we've been talking all weekend. I've, I've been uh, talking to the guys about uh, exposing the heart of God for men to have community and exposing the heart of God on, on wanting to have community with our Father. And I want to take that now a next step in what does that community look like, not just men for men. Uh, and, and just so you know, um, there was uh, raw, authentic uh, deepness going on at this men's retreat. And, and God, uh, literally, from the very first moment that we began, God showed up. And it wasn't about a speaker. It wasn't about the worship. It wasn't about the water skiing or, or the, the jet skis. It, it was about us standing before the God of all creation. And, and it was un believable to stand in his presence. And, and what it did is it created uh, a bunch of guys, many of whom don't know each other, and it created community. It created something cohesive that is unbelievably uh, special. And, uh, you know, for us, what we're talking about this afternoon is, is community, exposing God's heart for what community looks like. It wasn't um, about eight months ago, I was at our church, and I thought I could move one of the stage pieces, and um, I'm not as young as I used to be, and I pulled on the stage piece, and I did move it, um, but I also moved my back uh, in some wrong ways, and when I got home and I told Sandy that I kind of hurt my back, and 
I, I was hoping she'd just leave it at that, and she said, well, how? Uh, and I said, well, I was moving some stage pieces, hoping she would just leave it at that. And she said, well, who helped you? And I said, no one helped me. I did it by myself, uh, almost proud. And, uh, and then she asked me why, and I said this phrase that I think we say, even if it's not verbal, we say it with our actions. I thought I could do it by myself. And you think about kids in the back, and a lot of my former youth group students are now parents of these children back there, which is crazy awesome. But we don't want our kids to do it by themselves. They're not supposed to do it by themselves. We would gladly help them. And yet, sometimes we, we have this idea that, no, I can do it, I can do it, I do it, I do it, I do it, right? How many of you have heard that from your grandkids or your kids? I do it, I do it. You just want to smack them. Um, because, A, it's not right, and it's, and it's annoying uh, to hear it. Um, but I, I listened to, the, there's this quote that I read uh, not too long ago, and here's what it says. We are not created to do life or ministry alone. Community or God's plan, community was God's plan to change the world. God designed us to need each other in every area of life. And I thought about that for long and hard afterwards, and I thought, every area of life? Did God really create us to need community in every area of life? And I couldn't think of one where that's not true. And if, and if you were to have been a fly on the wall or a fly on the tree, if you would, up at Lake Nacimento, you would have seen that. You would have seen guys who have been walking with the Lord for 30 years completely broken because they've had this facade about them. You would have seen biker guys broken before our eyes. You would have seen guys that uh, previous were off on the cursory uh, uh, periphery over here and were brought in for the very first time. And someone actually asked them about them. And it really started in the book of Genesis. And what we're going to do is we're going to go from Genesis through Revelation today. Is that okay, Johnny? In Genesis, you know, God creates man and immediately we see that his heart for his creation is is community that it's not good to be alone and woman is created and on and on and on and and his heart goes to community so we live just realize i can take this i don't stand still very well um so we live in, in Boulder, and we are always in the mountains. We're always at the river. We're always fishing. We're always hiking. We're always hurting ourselves. And uh, when we first got there, I thought, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to set this wonderful hike up for Sandy. We're going to go. It's just going to be wonderful. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be romantic. So I grabbed one of my friends, and I said, hey, I want to go kind of in this area uh, just up from Breckenridge. Uh, what do you think? And he goes, ah, that's bear country. And I'm like, oh, okay. So maybe I shouldn't go. He goes, no, 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 you should go. I go, bear country. And he said this very, very clearly. Bears normally only attack if you're by yourself. And I'm like, well, two is not too much more than one. So... 
technically I'm not by myself, but I don't know if bears deal with technicalities. But it was interesting for me as I listened to that advice with bears normally will not attack in a group. And it got me thinking about community for our church, our church in uh, Boulder, that when I got there was struggling to recover from some very difficult years. And we began to very heavily focus on community, caring for one another, listening to each other, understanding each other, making life not just about me, which is something that is absolutely attempting for every single person in this room to make life just about me and, and what I want and if I'm comfortable. And yet God says, because I love you, I didn't create you that way. And so I want something deeper for you. Scripture is scripture's all about community. Literally, it's from, from the very beginning all the way through the end, it's about community everywhere. It even begins even before Genesis when, when God says that I always have been. I am the uncreated creator. I'm the God that always has been. And I'm in community with myself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Spirit perfect trinity, perfect triune relationship. And then that gets filtered down to us into our everyday lives. So Scripture tells us. I'm, I'm going to... Where's Jesse? Jesse's not even here. He's outside. He ran to get food probably. He's like, oh, I got a day off. What? Oh, geez. In the name of Christ, he's chasing children. All right. So if you have your Bibles, do you guys have your Bibles or do you have your phones or your tablets or your iPads? Just open those up if you would. Um, do you guys ever have anybody read Scripture? We're going to have some people read Scripture, whether you do it or not. A Leviticus 26.12. Can someone grab that? Leviticus 26.12. Raise your hand if you can grab that. Um, someone else grab 1 Corinthians 12.27. So what we're going to do is we're going to look about what God's heart is for community, and then what does that look like as, as life ushers into the New Testament, the new covenant, the, the new way of living? What's the promises that we have? So let's begin um, nice and loud on a thank you, uh, Leviticus. And I know you guys have, have been spending quite a bit of time on your own personal study time in Leviticus, so you probably already know this uh, passage. But for, for the rest of us, Anna, I want you to read that nice and loud. I will walk among you, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Listen, listen to this promise. I will literally, the God of all creation, will walk among you, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. This God who holds life in the palm of his hand says, I will walk among you. As you go to the grocery store, as you chase children, as you raise children, when you go to work, when you're working on your finances, when you're figuring out what is the next stage in life, I will walk among you and I will be your God and you will be my people. It doesn't say you're going to be my guy, you're going to be my gal, you're going to be my person. You will be my people. The heart of God is about the individual to be saved, but it's about the group, the community for the kingdom of God. And it begins in the Old Testament. And then we get to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. You are the body of Christ, and you are members of it. 
And one thing that we hit on very strongly up at the retreat is that doesn't mean there's an association or an affiliation or an allegiance to a pastor or to a church or to a, a, a city or even a state. It is, it is the God that literally holds the stars in his hands. And you're members of it. You have membership because of the cross. And the cross is the ultimate example when we go, God, I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I can trust you with my bitterness. I'm not sure if I can trust you with my questions. I'm not sure I can trust you to heal this broken heart. I I have a lot of brokenness. I don't quite know if I can trust you. I don't know if you have my best interests in mind. And the cross is God's way of going You want to know how much I love you? You want to know how much I care about you? You want to know if you can trust me with your broken heart and if I can do it? Take a look at that. And that's our answer. That allows us to be members of something bigger and more powerful than me. Paul Tripp wrote a book called Whiter Than Snow, Meditations on Sin and Mercy. If you want to, Paul Tripp is a phenomenal writer. If you want a really good book to read, uh, if you want afterwards, I'll I'll, I'll give you the name of the book again, but it's uh, Whiter Than Snow, Meditations on Sin and Mercy. And here's what he says in this book. We weren't created to be independent, autonomous, or self-sufficient. We were made to live in a humble, worshipful, and loving dependence upon God and in a loving and humble interdependency with other men and women. Our lives were designed to be a community of projects. That's that's like us. We're projects. Philippians talks about that. And yet, the foolishness of sin tells us that we have all that we need within ourselves. So we settle for relationships that never go beneath the casual. We defend ourselves when the people around us point out a weakness or a wrong, and we hold our struggles within, not taking advantage of the resources God has given us. This Paul, Paul Tripp describes this idea that many of us, even though we were created for this, even though we were wired for this, and maybe there's some of you here this afternoon that this whole like church thing, this whole God thing is kind of new, and you're like, I don't even know, like, what is a Leviticus, and, and why are we turning to something like that? Like, it's just new for you, and, and even like getting together and sitting in rows and singing songs and raising your hands, like, it's just weird, we're weird Christians. We do weird stuff. And there's a weirdness about the theology of community that says you have to take a step and let other people in. Because that's why you were wired. You were created to need and to want. And when we get together in this room, and and guess what? New might move, or, or it might build a building, or it might do whatever someday. But this, as you look around, this is it. As you break bread together and care for one another and chase each other's kids and color together and Mike Aske in the back doing patty cake with little children. Stud. As we do that, we are the church. 
Not based on program, not based on an individual, but based on the heartbeat of God that is exposed before us that says he wants the best. Can someone open up to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And James chapter 5, verse 16. We need each other. This is truth. And I know for some of you, and and trust me, as I made rounds this weekend, there are a lot of men who are unbelievably introverted and want nothing to do with other men or women or creatures or anything. It's just, I I don't even want to see. You need like the blinders. In, In Colorado, they put hoods over horses for some reason. I still haven't asked why they, but you'll walk, you'll walk by and there's a bunch of cattle and a bunch of horses and they have hood over. And, and there are some guys that were there at the retreat this weekend that literally just wanted a hood over them because they don't want others. And the truth of it is that is literally a lie that the enemy speaks to every single one of us that feels that way. That I don't need other people. I don't want other people. Guess what? God wants you to need other people, and he wants you to want other people. And we're going to hear that. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Nice and loud, big guy. And then Bob James 5, 16. This is truth, and we, and we don't have time, but we could go on and on and on about how Scripture describes how we are to interact and live together how we are to live in relationship with each other under the, under the authority and the lordship of the cross of what God has done for us. And some of the things that are described is carry each other's burdens in the book of Galatians. It describes that in unbelievable detail. Care for the needs of others in the book of Romans. Rejoice and mourn together in the book of Romans. And it goes on and on and on of of how we are described to enjoy community. And maybe, here's a question. What if community isn't for you, but it's for someone else who needs it? What if what God calls us to has less to do about you and your development, your uh, happiness, your joy, your peace, and, and what if it, it's a man down, we're fine. You guys are like, oh my gosh, a kid fell and is crying. Come to my house. You guys will be looking like that all the time. Um, what if it has more to do with you and less to do with other people. So I'll give you an example of this on how I almost screwed it up. This weekend I had probably a hundred appointments individually with men for 10-15 minute chunks. Just one after the other after the other and then bathroom break and then one after the other after the other and beer break and one after the other after the other. And I just was, I was tired at the end, and I had one guy who really needed to talk, and we just hadn't been able to connect and um, needed that community with me, and I, and I almost um, 
just let it go under the premise of I just I don't need another thing and I and I've done enough and I sat down with this guy and he began to share um, some of his struggles and then he said I've almost ended it this weekend I almost ended it this weekend So had community been about me, he might have. But you see, God is bigger than what I needed or wanted. It was about what he needed and, and wanted. And I almost missed it. I, I almost missed it is god still sovereign would he have still intervened with someone else i i don't know he is sovereign would he have intervened with someone else i don't know the answer to that but community this this idea of of needing each other of of needing to give yourself to another person to what new does here if if you're a part of this breaking bread and meals in the homes and caring for another one another and being there for each other and some have asked well what's the plan that's the plan that's the plan and if you come to boulder that's the plan <laughs> is groups and worship and serving because we tend to make church way more complicated than it actually needs to be when really what the church needs to be is just an authentic opening of the heart of God and an authentic opening of the heart of man and woman. So I'll end with this. This is an, an incredible passage in, in John chapter 15. It says this in verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. So now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Well, wait, Jesus, don't we need to do like these other... Love each other as I have loved you. Friends, what we do here, whether it's up at Lake Nacimento, whether it's at your church, and, and some of you are, are visiting and awesome, whether it, you're, it's at your church or you're at this church or wherever it might be, love others as I have loved you. Every day. No matter where you are, love others as I have loved you. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself.
and go and make disciples. And so really the takeaway for this is how are you doing that? Are you even interested in that? What does that look like in the context of your world? Because I'll be honest, I'm going to get on a plane on Wednesday. I'm going to fly back to Boulder, and I have to answer that question for myself. You have to answer that question for the context of your life, of your community, of your faith community, of your church, of your group of friends, of your strangers that you interact with at school. You want to obey me? Wonderful. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you in community. So let's pray together. God, sometimes there's just nothing more to say. We've said it. We, we understand it. And, and now we're left with what does that mean? What, what does that look like? How do, how do I answer that command and to be standing before uh, so many people that I love dearly and, and new friends that I'll make this afternoon. Um, we are very well aware that in this place, this is a, a holy, holy moment. It's a holy and, and protected place for you by the power of your spirit to come and, and make your way throughout each row and each chair and, and to speak to give the appropriate word to, to reveal, to convict, to love, to encourage. and That's my prayer. My, my prayer so heavily, God, is that you would come as, as we get ready to finish and, and take the words from the scriptures and may they come alive in the hearts of your people, your community. Because you, God of all creation, will come and walk among your people. Oh, you will come from the heavens and walk among your people and you will be their God and we will be your people. You will leave the heavens and enter into our hurt. You will leave the heavens and enter into our brokenness. You will leave the heavens and enter into our decisions and our health and our joys and our sorrows and, and not to punish but to walk among your people <laughs> and then go love as I have loved you God we, we just want to do that right after today right now uh, tomorrow when we go back to work we just want to do that <laughs> and so I pray for my friends here right now that, that you would speak to them, that you would give them guidance, that you would give them wisdom, that you would give them understanding, that you would give them patience to be the man and woman that you've called them to be and celebrate that for the freedom that is found in Jesus Christ under the Lordship of the cross. That symbol that tells us that we can trust you. The preceding was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Pastor Brian Hayes was the special guest speaker. For more information about New Church, go to n-e-u-e-c-h-u-r-c-h dot com. That website address, once again, is n-e-u-e-c-h-u-r-c-h dot com. Thank you very much for listening, and may God bless you and yours.